Edwards III, and welcome to All Things Catholic, where real faith meets real life. Today, I want to step back and think about a very powerful prayer. It's a prayer I'm sure you're familiar with, and I'm pretty sure you've prayed this prayer many times, but maybe you haven't really thought about its meaning. You haven't thought about where it came from and how much it can make a difference in our daily lives. I want you to step back with me and look at this prayer anew. Let's pray it together right now. Ready? I'm sure you'll remember it once we begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. That's the prayer, my friend. It's the sign of the cross. The sign of the cross. Did you know the sign of the cross isn't just the way Catholics begin their prayers? It is a prayer in and of itself, and it's rooted in Scripture. It's something the earliest Christians celebrated. It's something they practiced throughout the day, making the sign of the cross many, many times throughout the day, not just to mark a beginning of prayer, but it was seen as a very powerful prayer of protection, a prayer of of worship, a prayer in which someone was pledging their fidelity to God. I want to step back and consider this powerful prayer that we as Catholics can sometimes take for granted. I want you to hear the words from some of the earliest Christians. Uh, one great theologian in the early church, he was writing at the turn of the second third, or third century. His name is Tertullian. You may have heard of him before. Listen to what he says about the common practice of Christians marking themselves with the sign of the cross throughout the day. He said, in all our travels and movements, in all our coming in and going out and putting on our shoes at the bath, at the table and lighting our candles and lighting down and sitting down, whatever employment occupies us, we mark our heads with the sign of the cross. Wow. So picture that. I mean, taking a bath, lighting, turning on your light switch. They had candles back then. Uh, Putting on your shoes. This is when the early Christians would make the sign of the cross. They just made it all the time throughout the day. Listen to what St. John Chrysostom once said, an early great church father uh, from about the fourth century. He writes this. He says, never leave your house without making the sign of the cross. It will be to you a staff a weapon, an impregnable fortress. Neither man nor demon will dare to attack you, seeing you covered with such powerful armor. So they saw this as a prayer of protection, a prayer of defense against temptation, uh, against the wickedness of this world. If, if you need protection in your life, you need to be strengthened uh, against temptation. This is a great prayer to pray. He goes on, Chris John, St. John Chrysostom says, let this sign teach you that you're a soldier ready to combat against the demons and ready to fight for the crown of justice. So this was a powerful prayer for spiritual battle. Let's step back now and consider what, what did these earliest Christians see that we don't see? Why don't we make the sign of the cross as often as they did? Why do we do it often just before we, we, we have a meal and say a prayer, bless us, O Lord, or before we pray the rosary or, or at the beginning of Mass? What did they see that we didn't see? And can we take advantage of this great treasure from our tradition a little more often with our children, in our families, in our homes, in our own personal lives throughout the day? Uh, let's just look at it biblically first. I want you to know that there are two aspects of the sign of the cross. It's important to keep these two Two aspects in mind. First of all, there are simply the words uh, where we re- we say these words in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. What does it mean 
to call on God's name. This is an ancient biblical practice that goes all the way back to Adam's children. He had a son named Seth, and he and his family and his descendants are described in Genesis 4.26 as calling on the name of the Lord. So very early on, the faithful ones, those those that weren't following like Cain uh, and the way he was living and rebelling against God, but the faithful descendants of Adam and Eve, the line of Seth, they were calling on the name of the Lord. Abraham uh, was also a man that exemplified this. He uh, is setting up altars, marking the land of Canaan where he's coming in and where God has called him to go. And he's described as calling on the name of the Lord, Genesis 12, 8. His son Isaac does the same thing, Genesis 26, 25. He calls on the name of the Lord. All throughout ancient Israel, see many of the great leaders, many of the Psalms uh, have the people calling on the name of the Lord. Israel calls on God's name to praise God, to thank God. But most of all, to seek his help. And here's the key. When we call on God's name, we're ultimately invoking his presence. That's what it means to call on God's name, to invoke his presence. And that's why Jesus said, if you remember, when two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in your midst. So Jesus is with us when we call on his name. We're invoking his presence. And this name is a powerful name. Philippians chapter 2 verses 5 through 11 describes, five through 11 describes how, how the Son of God became man. He died for us and, and he's been exalted. And now he, and when we call on his name, his name is powerful because at the at the name of Jesus St. Paul says in Philippians 2, at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth. That's why the early Christians saw that when they were under temptation and when they were facing trials, struggles, difficulties, they would call on Jesus's name and the demons would flee because at the name of Jesus, everything bows down in heaven and on earth and even under the earth. Uh, So uh, that's why if you ever heard that Psalm, uh, Psalm 124 verse 8, our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. That's right. We want to consider the name of the Lord. Let's call in the holy name of Jesus often throughout the day. Speak his name with love. That's powerful. We can also call on all three persons of the Holy Trinity. Every time we make the sign of the cross, we're invoking the presence of God himself in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. The words themselves are biblical. They're holy. They're powerful. But let's consider what happens when we take those words and we unite them to the rich of tracing the cross over our bodies. This is also very powerful. Uh, And I want to talk about the biblical roots of this. There's a great account in the book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel is writing at a time of great crisis in Jerusalem, where there are many of the the people in Jerusalem who have gone astray. They have turned away from God and his ways. Uh, Even the leaders in the temple are described in Ezekiel as as worshiping false gods. There's images that they've put up of false gods of idols in the temple. And so they're worshiping these false deities. These are the leaders of Jerusalem. Uh, and, And God is going to announce... Here in Ezekiel chapter 9, uh, a great judgment that's going to come upon the people. A foreign nation is going to come in. It'll be Babylon. Then this nation is going to come in and destroy Jerusalem, destroy the temple, and carry the people off in slavery. So it's going to be great judgment on the holy city because of the people's infidelity. But here's what's important for us. Not everyone in Jerusalem was corrupt. There were some in Jerusalem who chose to live a different kind of life 
than the mainstream culture around them. They chose to follow God's ways and not the world's ways. They wanted to remain faithful to Yahweh. And so, in their fidelity, God was going to come and reward them and bless them and protect them when his judgment would come. And he sent an angel around Jerusalem, and it describes how this angel is going to place a symbolic mark uh, on the foreheads of these faithful ones, the remnant, the, the ones that are the righteous ones, the few that are left in Jerusalem. And they're going to get this mark on their foreheads. And the mark, it's the mark of the last letter of the Hebrew alphabet, the Hebrew letter Tav. And this letter looks a little like a cross. It looks like a cross. So it's shaped almost like a little, uh, like a curved T. And so you can imagine uh, the earliest Christians, they saw in this sign of Ezekiel chapter 9, verse 4, that was placed on the, on the foreheads of the faithful ones, the ones that were going to be protected when judgment came, they saw a prophetic foreshadowing of the sign of the cross that they were making every morning, every night, when they put their shoes on, when they went to bed, when they had a meal, uh, when they were making the sign of the cross, they saw that this practice was foreshadowed prophetically in the book of Ezekiel. And the idea is this, and this is how it can apply to our lives, just as there were faithful ones in Ezekiel's time. In a time of great corruption, a time of great chaos, moral chaos in Jerusalem, there were some who chose to remain faithful, and they received this mark of the Hebrew letter Tav that looks like a cross. Uh, And so this mark was a sign of their faithfulness. It was also a sign of their protection, that God was going to protect them when the judgment came. And that's important for you and I, not just the, 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 the ancient Israelites or the ancient Christians, but also for us Christians today, because we're living in a culture that is losing its way, that there's a lot of corruption and moral chaos in our own lifetimes. And if we dare to want to step outside of the mainstream ways of living in our world today, then let's make the sign of the cross, because that's what the sign of the cross is. It's a sign of our faithfulness to God. It's saying, God... Just like those faithful Jews in Ezekiel's time, we want to follow your standards, not the world's standards. We want to follow your way of life, your view of love and marriage and sexuality and care for those in need and the poor and not what the world is offering. We want to follow you, God. So every time we make the sign of the cross, it's like a pledge of our fidelity to him. It's as if we're saying, Lord, we are going to step outside of the mainstream of the culture and live according to your ways, not the world's ways. And then, Lord, we ask you to bless us, and we ask for the sign of the cross to be this powerful sign of protection for us. As I mentioned earlier, many of the early Christians saw that when they made the sign of the cross, especially under temptation, demons would flee from them. And so think about that. The next time you face a certain temptation— Let's say maybe you're struggling with purity, or maybe you struggle with losing your temper. Maybe you struggle with pride. Maybe you worry too much about what other people think of you, uh, whatever your, your your challenge might be. Or maybe you just get easily discouraged and blue, and you just can just despair about certain things that when problems come up in life. You know, make the sign of the cross in those moments. Make the sign of the cross and beg God, Jesus, help me. To, to, to turn away from those impure thoughts. Jesus, help me not to lose my temper. Jesus, help me not to get discouraged right now. Jesus, show me the way. This is a great prayer of strengthening. Turn to the Lord. He is our help. Our help is in the name of the Lord, and he wants to strengthen us and help us to persevere and be faithful in the midst of the trials we're facing today. You know, it's a great practice 
to make the sign of the cross in these moments throughout our days and to mark our days. Like Abraham marked off the, the land that was promised to him uh, by God in the land of Canaan, we can mark off the areas of our lives, the, the, the areas of our day. So when we begin a, a work, we, before we, 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 we start typing on our computer, we open up our laptop and just make a sign of the cross. That's a wonderful thing to offer God that work, to set it apart, to consecrate it, to protect us from anything that might come and harm us through this work on the computer. You know, in our day and age, we could need we need that extra protection. You never know what's going to pop up uh, on our screens. That's a wonderful thing to do when we when we get into the car to make the sign of the cross for our protection as we're driving. To make the sign of the cross uh, when we come back home, so we can give the best of ourselves to our our friends, or if we're single and living with roommates, or to our family if we're married uh, and have children. Uh, it's a wonderful thing, especially, let me mention that about children. So there's a great practice of making the sign of the cross with children and tracing the sign of the cross over them to give them a little blessing. I know that's one thing many parents do that before kids will go to bed at night, they'll trace a sign of the cross on their forehead and just bless them. I bless you in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This isn't a, a, a high level blessing like that may come from a priest or a bishop or a deacon, someone who's been ordained. But yet we, we can bless things ourselves in a, in a lower a lowercase b blessing, we could say, that we can trace that sign of the cross. And when we're doing that, uh, that's a powerful thing. It's what I'm doing is when, when I when I bless my kids, I just before I recorded this podcast, I was putting my kids down and I, I, I trace the sign of the cross. So I go around to each of them. And, and, and I make the sign of the cross and I say those words in the name of the Father, and Son, and Holy Spirit. I bless you, Carl, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I bless you, Josephine, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And when I'm doing that, I, I, it's like in the ancient Israelite times in Ezekiel 9. I'm setting them apart for God. I'm saying, God, I pray that they may be marked for you that they may follow you in your ways, Lord. And I pray that you may protect them, protect them from all harm, from all danger, but most especially protect them from sin. You know, St. Saint, uh, Saint Cyril of Jerusalem made a beautiful, once made a beautiful statement about the cross, sign of the cross uh, that really sums up those two elements, how it is a, a sign of faithfulness and it's also a great source of protection. Listen to what he said. St. Cyril of Jerusalem, one of the early church fathers, says, Let the cross be boldly made with our fingers upon our brow on all occasions, over the bread we eat, over the cups we drink, in our comings and in our goings, before sleep, on lying down, on rising up. It is a powerful safeguard, for it is a grace from God, a badge of the faithful, and a terror to the devils. For when they see the cross... They're reminded of the crucified one, and they fear him who has smashed the heads of dragons. I love that imagery here. You know, I'm going to just bring out two key images that, that Cyril uses, St. Cyril. He says it's the badge of the faithful. That's what we've been talking about here. Just like in Ezekiel's time, it's a sign of fidelity. I'm going to follow you, God. I want, I want to follow you with all my heart. I want to love you with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my strength. That's what we're doing when we make the sign of the cross. Don't you want to tell Jesus you love him and you want to follow him more? Then make the sign of the cross often throughout your day. But it's also a terror to the devils because they, they flee when they see the sign of the cross. They know it's through the cross of Christ that the heads of the dragons, the heads of the demons were crushed as the great prophecy foretold, that the woman would have a son who would crush the head of the serpent. I, I want to I leave you with a, an inspiring quote 
from a theologian of modern the modern era here, the 20th century, Romano Guardini. He once talked about how Christians can sometimes rush when they're praying the sign of the cross. They can do it just kind of too haphazardly. Sometimes you just kind of just like, you can't quite, you're just making some movement over your body, but it's so rushed, you might not even tell it's a cross, or you say the words too quickly, or you kind of mumble them. Uh, these are powerful words, and it's a powerful ritual to trace the cross over us. And Romano Guardini, a, a theologian from the 20th century, challenges us to make the sign of the cross with great care, attention, and reverence. Think about this. Here's what he says. When we cross ourselves, let it be with a real sign of the cross. Instead of a small cramped gesture that gives no notion of its meaning, let us make a large unhurried sign from forehead to breast, from shoulder to shoulder, consciously feeling how it includes the whole of us, our thoughts, our attitudes, our body and soul, every part of us at once, how it consecrates us and sanctifies us, sanctifies us. Make a large cross, he says, uh, taking time to think what you do. Let it take in your whole being, your body, soul, mind, will, thoughts, feelings, your doing and not doing. And by signing it with the cross, strengthen and consecrate the whole in the strength of Christ, in the name of the triune God. So he challenges us to give reverence, to not just race through it, not just do it haphazardly. haphazardly. Let's give care and attention and give Jesus great devotion. Give the great devotion to the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit every time we make the sign of the cross. Now, this is maybe one thing you can bring into the next season coming up. Did you know that? We were, we're here we're right after Thanksgiving week, and uh, we're getting ready to, to begin the great season of Advent as we prepare our hearts for the coming of Jesus. I'm so excited for Advent. It's, it's my favorite season of the liturgical year. It's all about this preparation. In fact, next week, we're going to do a whole special podcast just on, on how to live Advent, how to bring it more into your daily life, how to bring it into your family life. It's going to be a lot of fun to talk about uh, Advent next week. But maybe this is one thing you can do. You know, in, in the ad, Advent season, we're, we're called to do a little extra, maybe make a little sacrifice like we do in Lent and maybe do something positive as well, where we, we add a little extra act of love for God, uh, some little devotion. Maybe we can pray a, an extra decade of the rosary or we could spend some more time in the scriptures, just something powerful that, that can help us in this season. But maybe one thing you could do if you're inspired from this week's podcast is to trace the sign of the cross more often throughout your day and, or maybe make it your resolution during Advent. You're going to use the sign of the cross with greater reverence. You're going to give more attention to it. Maybe that would be a good resolution to make in the Advent season. We'll talk more about how to enter into Advent next week. So stay tuned for that episode coming up. If you liked this podcast, if you found it helpful, uh, can I ask it if you haven't reviewed it yet, if you can go onto iTunes, give it a review. I'm told that uh, the more people review it, and if they're positive reviews, it just gets higher up on iTunes uh, calculations and just gets out and touches more people. And that's my hope is just to have these out there to be available to bless people. If you have any questions about the sign of the cross, uh, you can feel free to contact me or really any questions about anything. You can reach me on my website, edwardsree.com, and you can also find me on Facebook and Twitter and contact me there as well. Thanks so much. Look forward to being with you next week. God bless.